0: Good morning and welcome back to the opening drive joined by Brooke Grimsley. I am Kerry Davis and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and talk to our great friend, Joey Vitale. Joey V, good morning, sir. How are you doing? Kerry, what's going on, buddy? Doing great today. How are you guys? Doing well. Did you get out and run this morning?
1: No run today. Cancelled the run today. (laughs) What's going on? You're slacking,
0: Joey V. What's going on?
1: Spring break, man. Everyone's off in different directions ah. here. No, no one's time for the run
0: anymore. <laughs> life, <laughs> life happens. I understand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think we get that as well. Well, Joey, obviously you have to be pretty excited because the Blues with a win last night. Something about the Blues and the Sharks, right? They f- seem to find a way to win against them.
1: They really do. I think that this Blues team obviously set the tone pretty hard. I like think That 2019 run in the Western Conference Final, they were... You know, I remember Steve I talking to us, and you know, in the middle of that series on the plane, and I said, "You know, what do, what do you think about the series?" and and he said, "We're going to be fine, and we got one thing we want to do." And I said, "What's that?" And he said, "We just want to hit them." He actually used a different word, but we want to hit them. <laughs> we want to absolutely crush them, hit them, forecheck them, make them feel pain every time they touch the puck. And you look at how they played in that series, how they battled back from that series. They were, they, remember, they started down one nothing that series. They dropped that first game in San Jose. But then, of course, they just continued to do that and had that mindset. And it's funny how that series, to me, guys, really has continued to carry over year after year.
2: And, Joey, I heard you talking about Torpchenko being promoted to the top line, and you were all for it. At first, I was a little shocked and concerned with what Craig Berube was doing there, not taking away anything from what Torpchenko was doing, but seeing him not just in that top six spot, but also on that top line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. Obviously, it paid off. Is that a line that you think we'll see continue moving forward? And what did you think of Torpchenko's performance?
1: I thought he was terrific. I thought he's been very good. You know, we all know what he can do. He can skate. He can hit. He can get to the front of the net. That's what's kind of got him the promotion to be there. I think the biggest thing that I've liked out of his game personally was, you know, you go back a couple weeks ago when the Blues dropped that game at home to the Vancouver Canucks in overtime. You know, Torvchenko, who ended up scoring a goal in that game, he had some comments in the, in the the in the media after that game was over about, not only his performance, but the uh, but the team's performance. And he was in some ways calling out his teammates a little bit, not individually, but as a team. He said, we need to be better. And that's a lot of times something that a veteran player will do, but for a young player like 12 to do that, uh, he certainly did it. Now, my thing was, how is he going to respond to this? You know, Is he going to let this eat him up? Of course, there were some things going back and forth in the media based off of what he said. But I think the way he's responded, it's been two weeks since those comments, his game has just continued to elevate and gone up and up and up. So that's where I look at Torbchenko as he's definitely got that internal motivation to be something better for this team. And I love the fact of how he really played on that first line last night. You look at that first goal from Tory Krug. Robert Thomas ends up finding Tory Krug on the backside. And you know what? It was Torbchenko that ended up getting to the front of the net to draw two defenders with him to create that space behind him so things like that going to the net sticking around the net that's the things that are going to be very beneficial for that top line
0: Joey we were talking earlier and I wanted to go back to the Sharks question uh, Brooke brought up that they were 8-0 and versus the Sharks in their last eight games obviously and, and so I had a question if you and I could work to petition the NHL to potentially play the Sharks every game Hey, you know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I would would actually prefer that. We get a little, you know, we actually went through something similar to that
1: during that crazy COVID season where we only played in our division. Uh, I don't know, if, Brooke. You remember this? We played oh, yeah. the Arizona Coyotes seven times in a <laughs> row. <here>. It, <laughs> yes. was, it was it was mind numbing. I mean, I mean, talk about zero preparation needed for those games. After about the second or third one, it was like Groundhog Day over and over and over. <laughs> um, so, as much as I would like to see that, because the wins and the loss column would certainly help the Blues, I think it would get a little bit old after a while. Uh, unfortunately, as we had a little sample size of that versus the Coyotes a few years back.
0: Joey, what were your thoughts about Butchnevich moving the center and playing on the line with Kapanen and Verana? I thought
1: he adjusted very well. Remember, this is a kid that when he was drafted, he was drafted as a centerman, you know, and then he eventually, before he played for the Rangers, they moved him to wing. The Rangers kept him at wing, so this is a natural spot for him. He's played there a lot in his career, his young career. Craig Berube, you know, wants to see him in the middle because of two main reasons, like I was talking about on the broadcast last night. Right now, he's skating very well, and he sees the ice. He's making plays. I mean, when you, when you got a guy that's skating well and can see the ice and make plays, to me, those are the guys you want in the middle of the ice. And that's what Craig Berube has done by putting them there. I think the one it, the one area that I think Craig Berube was kind of hypersensitive or at least focused on was how he would be, how he would adjust on the faceoff circle. You know, and Alex and I broke this down in the pregame last night. Faceoffs faceoffs are just you know attitude. It's just that compete. That's why year after year. You see the same three guys at the top of the league, and it's really not much about their stick, not really much about their quickness. In fact, they're actually older guys who probably lack quickness and lack a, lack a couple things, whether it be Patrice Bergeron or Ryan O'Reilly or Kopitar or Jonathan Taves. Those are the guys every year. And you, know, you ask some of their teammates, whether it be players that play with him in Chicago for Taves or, or Ryan O'Reilly, we've known personally, Patrice Bergeron, I know a few Boston Bruins players. They all say the same thing about those guys. They're just competitive son of a gun. So for Bouchenevich on the faceoff dot, it's again no surprise he had a good faceoff um, night last night. I think he was around sixty percent. He's a competitive guy. Craig Bruby just has been uh, in awe of him since he's come over here, and he actually said said about him yesterday how he just really wants to win. He's got a great passion, a desire to win, and when you have that deep deep passion for anything, uh, including faceoffs, you're gonna you're gonna do very well.
2: We are talking to Blues analyst Joey Vitale. Joey. Another player that really stood out to me last night was Robert Thomas. I mean, especially his response. You don't like to see that turnover that led to the Carlson goal. But still, the way that he performed after that just really stood out to me. What can you say about his performance? Obviously, too, with the power play goal, that helped out a lot. But the way that he set up Tori Krug for his goal was incredible.
1: Yeah, he continues to play well, Brooke. You know, I think that, you know, the the setup there to Torrey Krug, the patience um, to find Krug on that second layer, you know, he's got that vision. He reminds you of like an owl because he's got such a good peripheral vision where he can turn his head left and right. And and just when you think he's seen it all, he's got one more spot to his far left or his far right. He may pick pick someone up to make a pass. And that's what that Torrey Krug one was like. And then certainly the power play goal, that was a huge one. I mean, this is a power play that has struggled lately. It's been very good against the San Jose Sharks, but it's been a power play that has struggled as a whole. Uh, for him to kind of creep down there, again, it was a pass there from Saad, but Davis started the whole play. Uh, but to come in on that short side, find Saad there, he found him. Nice little high spot shot. You like the way he goes down on a knee. It was just a pretty pretty remarkable shot to go far side there on Kakanen and to go just over his blocker there. That certainly got the fans on their feet and pumped up. And to me, at that point in the game, when he scores that power play goal, the game was over. You really felt... And you always feel with a struggling team like the San Jose Sharks, whenever they go down late in the game like that, it's that feeling of, oh, boy, here we go again. So that was a huge goal last night uh, for Robert Thomas. And, again, you just love seeing the growth with him. Uh, obviously having a new winger on his left in Torpchenko. you always want to see what the adjustment is, not only for the new player, but how that's going to affect your star player like in Thomas. But I think you really played off really well to Torpchenko. He knows what his DSR, he knows what his skill set is. He fed he fed the monster in a lot of ways, whether it be the forecheck or whatever that be. And I thought there were some great things they all did tonight.
0: Joey, we've been talking about the change in style of play, obviously, from the 2019 team and really from the start of this season to where they are now. I think one of the questions was, the players seem to be okay with the change, but can Barubi adjust to the style change that needs to take place? Is he, how does he manage to coach this, to, this team and this new way of playing that, that is going to help them win games?
1: Well, I think right now, I mean, one of the things that stands out is we're, we're a little, little bit of a faster team. You know, you, you bring in Yaku, Burana, you bring in Casper, Kapanen. Those those are fast guys. If you talk about their toolbox, has something that's in the toolbox. They they play fast. We saw Burana's speed last night. We continue to see Kapanen's speed, especially on the power play. So two fast guys you've added in the last couple of weeks. And you already have some quick guys in Cairo. You have quick guys in Robert Thomas. Obviously, Torb Pankos can get up on his horse. So there's probably five or six guys now. They're all in your top six that can skate really fast. And I don't think it's any surprise, Kerry. We've seen we've seen a lot of odd man rushes in the last two games with all these additions. We saw I think three breakaways in the Arizona Coyotes game. So there's plenty of plenty of uh, options for Craig Berube as far as you know how do we transition this game? And and to me, uh, the coaching style that needs to really change about it is going to be I think maybe you become more of a transition team. And that's where we saw the odd man rushes there in Arizona because of the transition, because they have quick forwards. So instead of maybe a grinded out, forechecking, smash-mouth style, maybe you have the tools now where if you want to be a transition team and a puck possession team, um, first of all, you need speed to do that. And I think that's certainly what Doug Armstrong has done by bringing in Capitan and Brana.
2: Joey, uh, last question for you. It seems like in this final stretch, the Blues have a lot of back-to-backs, including this weekend. They'll go to Columbus, play the Blue Jackets, and then you have the Golden Knights coming to town on Sunday. Just give us a preview of those two games and what you expect from the Blues and how they really handle the back-to-backs, where you go to one city, come back home for another.
1: Well, I think right now with the Columbus tomorrow, I mean, that's going to be an interesting game, Brooke, because you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are you know, the worst team in the league right now, uh, they obviously have one intention, that is to get a bid to get Conor Bernard. So, you have know, a lot of players that are on LTIR, including some of their star players. So, that's going to be an interesting game where you got two teams that are struggling, two teams in the bottom, where, you know, uh, much like last night, it's just kind of like it's kind of roll the dice. We'll just see what happens. And then, of course, uh, Sunday game against the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that's playing extremely well, <clears throat> super talented. They've added some good pieces at the deadline. They have players like Jack Eichel, former captain here. Alex Petrangelo. So plenty of talent. So I would say it's, it's a very opposite end of the spectrum between or to within 36 hours between playing the worst team to playing one of the best teams. So it's definitely going to be a uh, click-it-on mindset when you return home against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's going to be a completely different competition. I will say the Blues have always played Vegas very tough, which has been something great ever since they became a franchise a few years ago. So that's a positive thing. Uh, it's a very quick turnaround for these players. And listen, you get into Columbus tonight, get your sleep, play there tomorrow night, and then you travel through the night and get home around maybe two, one, one, one 1, o'clock in the morning, hopefully get in bed by 3, and then in some ways, you no know, morning skate, you just wake up, move your legs a little bit, grab some lunch, get a pregame nap, and you're at the rink again. Uh, I will say players do enjoy these back-to-backs, uh, not so much with travel in between like we're going to have this weekend, but I think this time of the year – Players are sick. They're tired of practicing. They're tired of the reps in practice. They just want to go out there. They just want to play. So I think a lot of these back-to-backs, believe it or not, a lot of these players really enjoy.
0: Joey, last question for me. There was a point in the, I believe it was the second period, where that fourth line was working their butt off in the, in the Shark Zone. It felt like it was about uh, at two minutes, but it may have been about thirty or forty seconds. You had Walker Alexandrov Levo not allowing the Sharks to clear the puck out of their zone. You even saw the crowd kind of getting into it and really appreciating what they were doing. Do you remember that? And, and when you see something like that as a teammate, how much do you do you feel you need to work just as hard as those guys are working in that moment because they're giving you everything they got?
1: Well, yeah, it's super contagious, you know, Carey. It's especially when you see players like veteran guys like Nick Letty, you know, do those things. Whenever whenever you'd see players do things out of their comfort zone, that's where that's where I think it becomes really contagious. Whether it be that maybe when Terra single would get in a fight or when Ryan O'Reilly would block a shot, you know, and then when Robert Bortuzzo would score a goal, right? Everyone everyone's got their has got their assets, has got what makes them successful as a player. But truly when a player steps outside of themselves and does something that maybe is a little bit uncharacteristic of what they do day in and day out, that's where I think it's really it becomes really attractive for the team to see them and be like, hey, this guy's going out there and he's doing his work. We, we got to pull the weight. I mean, to me, even that, that save that Bennington made early in the game where that puck does not cross the goal line, I mean, he, the effort he makes to get that glove out there and, and keep that thing out. Again, if you're on the bench and you see that and you see that replay, it, it, was, a, it was a review play. You had plenty of time to look at it. I mean, I don't know. As a player, how do you not look at that and think, geez, come on, this guy's grinding for us? We, we got to help him out here. So I think that that's where, you know, good teams, the foundation it really does start. Leaning around each other, seeing your teammates do things out of characteristic for them,
0: and then, of course, just keep pushing forward. Uh, Joey, the Blues drop the puck tomorrow at 6 p.m. You can catch you and Kerber here at 6 p.m. on 101 ESPN. Pre-game starts at 5 p.m. Good luck tomorrow versus the Blue Jackets, and we will talk to you next week, sir. Sounds good, Kerry. Brooke, you guys have a great weekend now. All right, you too, brother. That was our friend Joey Vitelli joining us.